Welcome to the Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast, where we dive deep into the practices of the esoteric and the occult. And if you notice in our logo, we actually have the SDA, or the Sigillum DMF, which is an important part of Enochian magic of Dr. John Dee. And why not, for the first episode, actually have someone who practices Enochian magic himself and runs a really amazing blog that uh, I haven't even read all the posts myself. It's very extensive, a lot of posts and very practical uh, information, a lot of his own personal insights on there. So go check it out at uh, Enochian.today. And uh, we have Cliff here today. But instead of hearing from me, an introduction from me, why don't we hear from the man himself? Oh, did it cut out? It cut out briefly, but that's okay. Uh, okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, that's thank you for having me. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Oh, definitely. So, uh, can you give the listeners, you know, personally, we met on a uh, on a couple of Discord servers, a couple of cult Discord servers, but uh, we know each other a bit. But perhaps the listeners haven't checked out your blog or heard from you yet. So maybe you can give the listeners a introduction about yourself and how you got interested in esoteric or spiritual practices in general. Sure. Well, uh, I'm 41 years old, so I've been doing um, magic for about 20 years, and I'm one of the, uh, started out in a a conservative Christian household, a little bit of a fundamentalist and slash end times household. So Mm -hmm. the idea of the apocalypse is not a new one to me. (laughs) Uh, so we'll probably get into that a little bit but i've been doing Mm -hmm. magic for a little bit over 20 years but it wasn't it was mainly steady and not really um not really what i would say very focused or very active it really became active Mm -hmm. in the in the last um i'd say the last five to seven years maybe okay okay Mm -hmm. so um i'm very curious because you grew up in a uh you said a fundamentalist household Mm -hmm. what uh triggered your interest or study because you know coming from that kind of background i'm sure you were told that that's the devil or you know yeah i'm sure i'm sure they i'm sure they didn't encourage that area of study right so there must have been maybe an experience or it could be in a book or a friend or something you know yeah well i think everything was was already into place uh a little bit. I remember. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. I remember list, uh, going to the Minnesota State Fair once with my mom, who mm-hmm. and we were. Uh, if you've ever been to the State Fair, it's it's kind of like a greasy smell sometimes. You know, you're walking past <laughs> cheese curds and other fried <laughs> food that will give you a heart attack if you eat three of them in a row. But uh, it, it, uh, so we're walking through this and all of a sudden, you know, out of nowhere came this smell of roses and my mom smelled it too. And we both looked at each other like, what is going on? So mm-hmm. I think that was like one of those, for, okay, well, maybe it was like some sensory thing, but I was interested and I was kind of questioning, you know, in, t- in my teenage years and eventually towards uh, the end of high school, maybe not so coincidentally, uh, but I, I just decided that was kind of it. And I had a couple of friends in high school who were like, you know, that that's a good call for you. And they were interested in this stuff. And I felt like they were like light years ahead of me when it came to mm. uh, interest in the magic. And so especially especially one of them, uh, Frank. Mm. And uh, at mm-hmm. any rate, I said, OK, well, you know, you kind of tentatively start looking at at different paths. And so. I was interested in, I explored a whole lot of stuff, uh, especially in my mm-hmm. early 20s after that, yoga, some kinds of meditation, and it all kind of worked out very well for me. 
But mm -hmm. uh, to answer your question, uh, I started getting, I would say around 18, 19, I started really exploring stuff, not really wanting to try to rule anything in or out, which is, by the way, a very good w approach after you've been in a very strict thing, because the, the, the <laughs> temptation is to go to the opposite direction and just completely sure. rebel and just, you know, let let your freak flag fly and all that. And uh, <laughs> that, that would have been, I would have been very bad had I done that. So thankfully, I had some sense. Not always perfectly, but um, yeah, that's mm -hmm. about the long and short of it. So that's that's sort of a, sort of just good good fortune and you know a little bit of uh, psychic flashes here and there. And uh, okay. just just to, to answer your question a little bit is to when I was nineteen, I decided well let me experiment with this and I did my first LBRP, and mm -hmm. I had this um, clear audience experience where it was like the vibration that I was doing. And I had been in choir in high school, so mm -hmm. the, I knew how to do a vibrato. And so I was doing that, and that made this this sound. And I know the difference between overtones and, and just regular vibrato sounds, and this was neither one of those. This was mm. like the sound of, the way I've, only way I've been able to describe it is like the sound of like glass shattering, except it has like mm. a more liquidy feel, and it's like run through um an oscilloscope or something like that some kind of like mm. extra sound effect is added to that so i don't very know psychedelic it, yeah kind very, of a psychedelic, very psychedelic experience yeah exactly okay. except mm -hmm. i've never taken any but everything oh, I, wow, okay. all the representations of it have been accurate for that so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that's interesting um yeah personally i got interested in enochian uh via it's kind of kind of similar kind of different i had friends that were uh interested in it and then my first real exposure that i remember was uh you know the rock band Tool. I was always a big fan of the rock band Tool, mm -hmm. and the drummer is a uh, Enochian practitioner, and he'll often have the SDA on stage, or even in part of like his drum kit. And then there's there was even a song on the album Lateralis called um, "Fap de Oid," I believe, which is an Enochian word. And I remember looking it up and like, what the hell is <laughs> you know? You're like, who is Doctor John D? And you know, it, it was uh, this is in high school, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Then later on down the line, things kind of coming together and whatnot right but uh mm -hmm. i know that you practice enochian and as i mentioned in the introduction uh you have a whole blog on it it's really really cool um how did you so there's there's like magic and basic esotericism then there's enochian it almost feels like this whole other rabbit hole that you dive deep down into right so yes. uh and uh personally you know i had a lot of friends that were um uh practitioners of different forms of magic and it was always like enochians that oh that's the serious one and you don't ever you know it was all it's not, not shunned but uh what would be the term like you really got to be careful or it's like that's that's there's, the serious stuff you know it's like it's like hardcore taboo. drugs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like taboo you're, you're right really, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of like if the LBRP is marijuana, then this is like you're taking DMT or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good yeah. analogy from what I've heard. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so uh <laughs> so what what got you into Enochian and actually um starting it? Another thing I would say is a lot of people study it, but they never actually yeah. so they're like armchair, you know, they're into the armchair, they read all the books on it. Um, even a few friends, I have a few friends that have all of the furniture, they have all of the books, way more books than even me, but they never actually do it. It's always like uh, uh, that's something holding them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually yeah. more common uh, than you think. So, uh, yeah, what got you into uh, Enochian and actually practicing it? 
Yeah, so that's that's a good question. I mean, as part of that early exploration phase, you know, I was in the I, I was at the University of Minnesota and I was exploring everything. There was this great little place uh, in Dinky Town called Magus Books. And mm -hmm. so I would just go in there and, you know, browse and, and, and of course, you know, you, you do the golden dawn thing and this mm -hmm. is like 20 years ago. So there was, there was less D source material to be had, let alone found. Mm -hmm. And now it's just kind of exploded, you know, over mm -hmm. it, like every, there's so much out there and it's great to have it. But mm -hmm. really in the last 10 years, it's like, wow, you know, you can, you can really get everything that you want. But D was always interesting. I mean, here you got this guy, he's a, uh, a, a court advisor to queen elizabeth and he's like this polymath mm -hmm. he can do mathematics he can do geometry he can do all these you know science you know science which in its day was was advanced mm. um and it was and he he always kept learning and he's you know later on i came i came to find you know that he he seemed to have a very strong historical influence outside of enochian proper but he was always interesting, but there just wasn't enough to go on. So mm -hmm. it wasn't until uh, 2014 that I picked up Enochian Vision Mag Magic and I decided to try it. So nice. I just, I just, cause I, ju I just tend to, you know, just go head first, you know, just go for it. Um, and it was, it was good. It was interesting. I just always focused on the Aethers to start, which is, um, you know, if, if your listeners aren't familiar, it's this you know, basically a subdivision between the heavenly realms and the earthly realms, you know, and there are 30 of them to go all the way on up to the divine. And so mm -hmm. I did, I did uh, several of those and um, I had to stop because I, you know, uh, in, in that book, Lon Milo Duquette's book, you, you wind up realizing, okay, he, or he says to you that uh, you may come up uh, up against an Aether that is like too much and you need to stop. And he says, that's okay. Mm. Just stop and then come back to it. Well, for me, I stopped and then I came back to it about five, four, four and a half, five years later. So, and okay. that was okay. I had, I had a lot to process, but uh, I just, that's, that's how I sort of did it. So I have, I had an old blog that I, I've since I think I've I've taken it down since, but um, mm -hmm. it was it was helpful to sort of get that and, and sort of be humbled a little bit, because I think mm -hmm. what happened was I the aether was the aether of Lin, which is mm -hmm. the one with Para Oan as mm -hmm. the central governor, and I'm like, well, you know, you know, the arrogance <laughs> the arrogance of seven years ago. I'm like, well, you know, that's maybe that was just a mistake. So. I, substituted mm. in what the and, it, and of course you know it just blew up and it but the, it was telling okay you know you, you got to get your act together maybe maybe you should do what they tell you to do so right, I wanted, right. so i but there was other stuff going on in my personal life and a lot of just uh psychic processing for lack of a better word um mm -hmm. and and so i just went ahead and you know did that you know did that sort of mental work and you know went back to therapy and all of that sort of thing so it was very it you know guess what i mean you're gonna as with all things in life you're gonna have uh times when you, when you need to double back so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was okay yeah that's interesting my experiences so far in the aethers is it's sort of like a, have you read the tibetan book of the dead no Oh, okay, you really got to read that, especially since, you know, you're working or you work through the Aethers. Um, mm -hmm. It really reminds me of the descriptions in there. So in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, it's um, so your soul dies and you pass through what's called the Bardos, which right. you almost you can think of as Aethers, right? You're going through different yeah. levels of reality and ascending. 
And basically what's happening is these angels or demons or um, projections of your own consciousness are presented to you. And it's sort of, are, can you pass the test or do you, um, are you able to realize that as a projection of your own soul, basically? Mm. And if you don't, if you don't pass the test or it's too much of a high level of reality for you to face, you basically reincarnate into something of that level. Does that make sense to you? So, right, like you're going to go back into the realm that you fail to recognize as part right. of Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There could be some sort of uh, like lust or greed or some sort of thing that you embrace and you didn't pass that level. And so that's sort of your karma. Right. And that's mm -hmm. the level you're stuck at. So it's that might that's been my experience with the Aethers. It's like I'm presented these images and some of them are quite intense. And it's like, can you even handle it or can you recognize what this is? And yeah. it's it's very it's very clear that if you can't or it's very clear that it's getting, you know, it's too intense or it's not. You're not ready yet, kind of like how you had that experience, like this is not, it's a bit too far right now, you mm -hmm. know, not yet kind of thing. doesn't mean forever, but, you know, not yet really. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good thing. And, and we'll probably get into the Aethers a little bit more mm -hmm. deeply, but that's, that's sort of the thing is like, I know, and, and you and I think we both have a connection to Jason Louv and he's, mm -hmm. he's, uh, uh, I, I took his class on uh, on Enochian and mm -hmm. talked with him during a couple of office hours, and he mentions in his analysis that this is sort of the uh, initiation into the sphere of Bina, which for mm -hmm. your listeners is one of these spheres of consciousness or Sephirot. There, you know, it is the Hebrew word. So just just a short. I'm using shorthand here. It's clearly more than that, but it's you can think of it as a sphere of consciousness. Uh, that you become initiated into. And Bina is the Hebrew word for understanding. And that's sort of what you, and so, well, what kind of understanding, right? And it's, well, mm. uh, understanding of who and what you are and who and what the, uh, uh, what the world around you is. And mm -hmm. so uh, the thing is, is that uh, he also refers to it as unfolding of the soul. Both those phrases are excellent. And what I would say is like, it's, there are hard truths uh, or stuff that's hard to understand because it's um, it, it's it's a little too horrific to understand it sometimes if 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 you follow me like mm -hmm. oh I'm not just this this ego and I'm not just out here being awesome like there's more to <laughs> me that's like you know and it it's not just about you know you know be you know a lot of uh, you know feeling feeling like you've you're you're the best person on the planet or this this these mm. stories that our ego tells ourselves you're something way different you are way more cosmic and you need to get with it <laughs> that's what the the angels uh basically reveal to you as you as you go along yeah i agree it's almost like you uh you rip the veil of reality and it can be so intense you know because like you're saying there's different aspects of yourself or reality reality that you you know, you're able to directly experience without our daily filters of, you know, getting caught in different thought loops or being distracted by different stimulus, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it is. It can be a very intense experience, and so um, maybe that's perhaps why some people warn against Enochian magic, or they, uh, you know, it comes with like a warning label, I guess you would say, yeah. right? Like yeah, because well, it is intense, you know. At least, you know, in my yeah, experience. Yeah, maybe I mean, not I would say, I, you know, like I said, I, I, I truly am, uh, honestly, have not yet done psychedelics, but mm -hmm. everything that I've heard about it is, it's very similar to this. Like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. you gotta let go 
with the experience mm-hmm. into the experience in order to have a good ex- in order to have a chance at a good experience i guess um and it's yes. kind of like that i remember the one of the first when i when i started back up the second time and this would have been 2019 uh and that's already two years ago um mm-hmm. i started um the first one of the first visions was a vision of myself and my body mm-hmm. being taken through a farm thresher which uh, basically is, you know, one of the big mechanical kind, you know, that just harvests all, you know, the weed or whatever the case may be. And just my whole body going through that and being like torn to shreds. And so oh, wow. I, said, I was like, oh, okay. And, but, you know, normally like that, that would sort of be my reaction. Oh, this is like a horror movie. But I, I sort of knew that going in and I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to sort of let myself go into this. And so then the vision continued and other, other things like that where, you know, sometimes it would be like you know you're you're you've you're this astral picture of yourself this you know mm-hmm. this the neo in the matrix his own vision of himself and what he's like mm-hmm. uh he it, it was the idea that uh you know okay now now your your flesh is you know completely maimed but in now your bones are being crushed down but within that there's a little bit of gold and so they would collect the gold and pound it mm. into something a little bit better and say oh okay so maybe there's you know there's there's gold in them thar bones or you know them thar hills <laughs> as you sort of allow yourself to to be deconstructed and then put back together again into a, a, the form that's true you know it's there's a reason why you know all that glitters is not gold but in this case it was gold so sure exactly i think that's uh me personally i've done quite a lot of psychedelics in the past not recently but uh many years ago and they definitely have those and uh the experience are, is are common in the fact that depending on how deep you go you are presented with almost uh your ego and almost accepting death so there's yeah. been a lot of research on this like psychedelics helping with uh the death and mourning process and taking them before you die and whatnot and really it really puts you to grips with death i think and mm-hmm. i mean you can you can have a bad trip or you can freak out or you can get kicked out of an aether right it's sort yeah. of uh it's sort of similar in that regard i think so uh yeah it's quite interesting mm-hmm. definitely um uh all right so i think that one big debate if you want to call it that or you know in magic there's different models different debates different styles i guess you would say and uh you know, a lot of things you read online, it's like the spirit model versus the psychological model, or there's the um, the deep purist versus the neo Enochian. <laughs> you know, you know right. all these different schools of thoughts and whatnot, right? But uh, one thing that is interesting, as you mentioned, is that um, I'm coming into it kind of late. Like I got introduced to, well, I knew about Enochian a long time ago, but right. didn't really start practicing it, you know, until a year or two ago. But um, one thing I guess I'm lucky is that all this original D material, I mean, I'm able to have, like right now sitting next to me, I have the uh, uh, Dr. John D's Spiritual Diaries, and it's mm-hmm. the fully translated, even the Latin's fully translated um, by Dr. Stephen Skinner. And, uh, you know, you have the five books of mystery. Joseph Peterson's done so much amazing research and put all that stuff out there, which wasn't available, you know, yeah. 20 years ago or whatnot, right? So, mm-hmm. um uh yeah i mean i'm kind of lucky coming into it late in that sense right i'm getting i can see both schools of thought and both developments and whatnot sort of simultaneously but uh yeah what's what's your stance or view on the deep purist versus the you know neonokian do you identify as one yeah and if you do why why not you know yeah that's it's a tough question i mean you know i i, I so i'm, I'm gonna full full 
disclosure, my table more reflects, my holy table reflects more Kasauban's uh, true and faithful mm -hmm. revelation mm -hmm. material. Uh, and what I, what I, I've, I've given a lot of thought to this because it's like, because I'm, I'm very much like, you know, Virgo, uh, Virgo Saturn trying my luminaries. Oh, this has to be perfect, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I got my North Node there too, and it's just like, oh, if only it were perfect. But it, right. I've come to realize, you know, like a that's just, just not life. But also, mm -hmm. um, I think you know, I, I do my best to go for the D purist approach, mm -hmm. and we'll, I'll get into this when I, I talk about Loga. But um, mm -hmm. the the issue is, is that, you know, if you have something that is very, very close to something, like a mirror image, let's say, of the original material, you know, and somebody's looking at that, or if, if I were to, if I were to, like, show you a picture of the Bible written backwards, you know, unless, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's, a, you know, there's, a, like, some kind of reading disorder you might have that you didn't know about all this time. But if I were mm -hmm. to show you, like, a picture of something backwards, you know, more or less, you know, if you're... You can read it, you know, you just have to, it takes a little bit extra effort in to sort of visually translate it, but mm -hmm. you know what it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm not too worried about, uh, about the mistakes that I do make because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you know, the angels themselves, they, they kind of, they know what you're trying to do mm -hmm. and they know that what you have works if you just sort of do a quick little trans mental translation like that. So it's like, ah, okay, sure. you know, you said the password backwards, but that's okay. You they know, know your intention. They know your intention, basically. They, they know saying. your intention, and they know that what you have, it's not like it's not like just something you came up with, right? It's mm -hmm. actually based on something. It, it, it's a, it's some, it's a systematic change made to the original material, which means that once you know, like, I'm not worried about my table now. Because mm -hmm. I know systematically what I need to do to change it back to that original thing, and mm -hmm. so the angels themselves—they uh, already knew the secret. You know, they already knew this mm. systematic change that they needed. But now I'm more comfortable with my own uh, table as a result of that. So mm. now this is not to say, well, just make up something. You know, that's not. That's, <laughs> that's a, hey, man, I'm just gonna, you know, just just try something new. I mean, that's not gonna work. That because mm. if, anybody. If, if you get into this stuff, uh, then then people know. Oh, there's a, there's a lot you need to know, a lot you need to do to sort of steep yourself in the Enochian current. And one of the one of those things is to actually, you know, look at, think about, and and read all of this original stuff that seems very foreign, but it's actually mm. laid out extraordinarily systematically. And you get the, the the you get through a few chapters of let's say Duquette's book, and you just realize mm -hmm. realize oh, there's there's a real order to this. And mm -hmm. so even if you, mm -hmm. if it, there, a letter is out of place, if a letter is out of place, okay. If everything is flipped, reversed, okay, that's easy enough. But the original order is more or less maintained. So I don't worry mm -hmm. too much about it. But that said, I, I do tr I do my best to try to do the deep purist stuff. I, do, I never got enough, that much into the, the Golden Dawn um style of speaking it or the or their their stuff i've i've pretty much i've been lucky in that sense in that i i was i held off or was held off from doing mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff and instead have been able to uh, see more closely what the the original stuff is but we're never going to get it all because sure. half, half his half his materials were burned so right. it's like this is the best we can do folks
we're going to try right. to rectify creation once again. <laughs> right, exactly. I Which think, a... uh, yeah, it's interesting. If you look back at the original D-material, there's a lot that, well, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of the material was destroyed. And um, what was it? Like half of it was found in, God, I forgot the story. It was the big chest, right? Yeah. There was a big was, chest. And it was, some compartment it was on... opens up and then the, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the house servant starts using it for the papers uh, for, for, for kindling. For fire. So, for fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing happens if you look back yeah. at like the Nag Hammadi scrolls. The exact exactly. same thing. Like half of them exactly. get burned up and it's just like, right. thanks. But, you know, you yeah. it makes you wonder. But it's like, this is mm -hmm. all that the universe has given us access to. Nope. This and much mm -hmm. and no more. Right, or exactly. De deal with it, humanity. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting, very interesting. But um, yeah, even with the D original stuff, it's like a lot of people or, you know, in the modern day, you're inferring or you're guessing a lot of what he was doing because it seems very unclear when you read the material. Yeah. Did he did he even scry the Aethers himself or, you know, you, you there's a lot of inferring you can do and whether those yeah. interpretations are right or wrong is very subjective, I would say, you know. I even agree. looking at the actual original material. So it's almost, I think it's definitely on the, you know, the deeper you get into this, get some of the original materials and sort of draw your own conclusions. You know, obviously yeah. use other people's perspective and use other people's insights, other scholars or practitioners insights, but it's ultimately going to be up to you on how you interpret these things. And, you know, it's kind of like, I guess you came from a fundamentalist background. It's like every yeah. church, thing, every church thinks that they have the right interpretation of the Bible and they're, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, well, the, so. the nice thing about it is that you, yeah. you do read and reread and reread and reread the same stuff in a fundamentalist background. So mm -hmm. it, it's no big deal for me to read and recheck and double check and triple check. You know, there's sort mm -hmm. of this uh, and I, I, I'm not this isn't true for all fundamentalists, but it was for me that mm -hmm. you there's this level of OCD that sort of kicks in or, or I'll just I'll put it more politely, uh, a high conscientiousness level that sort of kicks in which is mm -hmm. good for this kind of, it, you know, I'm not going to say that, I'm definitely not going to say Enochian is for everybody. There's mm -hmm. a lot of concentration that you need to do, especially when you get to the higher aethers, spoiler alert, uh, mm -hmm. that um, you really need to be able to sort of concentrate your way through the the chaos and the miasma of what of what's coming at you and just sort of, you know hold on to what it what it to the core of what you're looking at so yeah i agree there's there's just so much that you can like you can get distracted by it and uh that's it. but on the other hand you know i don't want people to think that they can't do it and uh, you mm -hmm. know you mentioned having a friend who has a lot of furniture and stuff like that eventually you just got to jump in the pool you may not have the, sure. the those floaty uh things on your arms that that right. hold you up or you may not have flippers you may not have this but you can still swim you know so oh just do your best and, and get to it most definitely and uh as far as the neo enochian goes do you think there are any strengths of that system per se i mean you know now that we do have a lot of the original d material out there and everything um i remember i think it was lon milo duquette or someone saying that the nice part about it, it's very organized um, and it, it sort of works out of the box. Like it's very simplified and it's very, it's approachable in some ways. Right. Do you think there's any strengths of that system? Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it, I guess, I guess I would, I'm not, I'm not too much of an expert. Cause like I say, I haven't did, uh, mm -hmm. dived too deeply into it, but what I would say is like, you know, if you're, let's say, I know like, for example, the um, elemental attributions are different in the D source material, right? Mm -hmm. They're actually more 
uh, true to the historical elemental attributions with fire in the east as opposed to fire in the south where you would get with let's say the golden dawn and a lot of the the same way that they started you know they incorporated the dematerial into that they still they still had that changed attribution mm -hmm. so it's not going to matter i mean the, the point mm -hmm. is is like if, if you're mentally saying fire is here i mean it i i have since reverted to so like all of the whenever i'm doing let's say golden dawn style banishing i will change the attributions but mm. really it's just a matter of well are you going to say that this direction is is the sun or are you going to say that this direction is tifereth and if so then you need to change which which archangel that is the point is is that you there's a part of your energetic system that knows the difference and mm -hmm. so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I think the main thing is, you know, don't don't let that be something to say, well, ooh, I'm going to do it wrong, which which is what happens when there's this big sort of taboo about Enochian is like, oh, I might do it wrong. And then I might, you know, <laughs> spark spark the apocalypse. You know, that's, that's <laughs> you know, that's right. Guess what? You know, we got the, the we have enough uh, people who are just through their own folly doing that well enough without your help so don't worry about it right, um, right, right. Ju just avoid hubris and all the rest of that but no mm -hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm like i say i'm not too much of an expert but i would say you know it i haven't found since having made that switch with with uh with for example the the banishing rituals i haven't found it, I, I don't think it matters too much i just kind of prefer since i'm i'm still doing so much enochian at the moment i kind of just prefer to just stick with that original elemental attribution but okay i'm I'm not i'm not i never got as deep into the golden dawn version and those their rituals other than to you know take the supreme in, uh ritual of the pentagram okay sure sure yeah me either um since i came into the game late so to speak but uh yeah i i do look at like their material it does look sort of what would be the term for it? It looks entertaining in some respects. Like they have a, if you look at like the original Golden Dawn stuff, they have like Enochian chess or something yeah, like that. Oh like, it, I mean, it doesn't chess. look like, it just looks sort of funny. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty there's interesting. Some, to, yeah. yeah there, there's something incredibly egotistical about creating a game <laughs> of Enochian chess as if chess itself right. wasn't, hasn't been hard enough for the last few thousand years. Let's make an Enochian. <laughs> like I, I, now this is all to say i haven't actually looked at it but there's right. something very viscerally that i react to <laughs> in the term enochian chess so maybe it's an awesome game maybe it's right. like maybe it's not as hard maybe it's more like hopscotch i don't know but i don't want to know because enochian right. itself is hard enough and chess is hard enough i don't need enochian chess <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i agree it's pretty funny though uh <laughs> okay so um yeah how has your enochian practice changed over time and what are you currently working on i know these days uh you have a big project you're working on and maybe you can discuss a little bit about that sure sure so yeah so i mentioned uh resuming the aethers in 2019 um and i as i went along obviously in the or the first run in the, in 2014 i was like not really as big on the furniture and stuff like that well i decided to I think the 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 failure sort of spurred me to say, well, what else could I be doing? So, and this is all leading into into the answer to that question. So I decided to, you know, I took a break. I sort of checked out for a couple of years, and then I got back and said, okay, you know, I need to actually take life seriously. Mm -hmm. 
because my uh, late mother-in-law, she was diagnosed uh, with cancer. And it was like, okay, I got, and she was a live-in mother-in-law, that is to say. So it was like, okay, you know, it made me realize, okay, life is short. And I really am sick of like having set very low expectations for myself and, mm -hmm. and, and my, especially my spiritual development. And uh, so getting, so I started doing an operation to uh, get knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel and mm -hmm. I finished that and then I said, okay, I don't want to just stop here. I want to keep going. And the Okay, only this way... is through, uh, just out of curiosity, mm -hmm. sorry to cut you off. Sure. Oh no, um, that's this perfect is... time. <laughs> Uh, this is through, how, how did you achieve the HDA? Were you working with the Abramelin or were you doing some other practices? Yeah, so so mm -hmm. uh, I, I started off, um, uh, Scott Stenwick has always been a, 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 an invaluable resource. He's fantastic. Uh, so check him out, his uh, Ananael blog. Uh, mm -hmm. So I went through his site. And his site also re referenced the HGA anthology by Nephilim Press, so I recommend that highly. So I went through that, and uh, I decided to start off with, Le with Libra Samek, mm -hmm. and also the associated uh, invoking of Tifereth, uh, the Sephir of uh, the Sephira of Tifereth, uh, mm -hmm. via the you know traditional techniques. Except I use kind of a uh, not quite a unicursal hexagram, but sort of a hacked. So you start off at the center of a, the typical hexagram, and then mm -hmm. you you make two sort of subdivided triangles. It's easier to show, but at any mm -hmm. rate, um, it, it basically spares you from having to draw twelve hexagram or twelve triangles. But at any mm -hmm. rate, I did that uh, for a while, and I was doing that, doing that. I'm like, okay, and I kept on having like false starts. I'd be like, oh, I discovered this thing, and it was like, it was like I, I would think about it, think about it. Think about it. And like, okay, that wasn't it. And but the problem was, I would have that false insight, and I wouldn't just like keep going with the ritual. I would just stop. And it was like, mm. I think it just slowed things down a little bit. But you know, live and learn. You know, mm -hmm. it only it only cost me additional time. Mm -hmm. But things happen when they for you know when they're happening for a reason because it shows you a level of sort of psycho psychic spiritual development. I think. So at any rate, I started with Lieber Samek and the associated uh, invoking rituals of the hexagram uh, mm -hmm. for Tifereth. And then I would, after a while, I said, you know, I got to get into this Abermelon thing because I think this is better. I think this is more me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started, I started looking into that. I saw what Scarlet Magdalene had done, and she is on an episode of Witches and Wine on mm -hmm. youtube if anybody else is looking at that i'm just promoting people away from your, your podcast i'm a terrible person <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, but in all seriousness so i, I checked out what she did and it, because if you're going to do abramelin you need to modify it, it there's mm -hmm. just no you you you, uh, you you know unless you won the lottery and you want right. to you just get you seriously it's a template and get sure. as much of the core stuff as you can out of there so mm -hmm. I went ahead and did that, and what I did is I would like go go to the parking lot because you know got to pray morning noon and morning noon and night. So I would go into mm -hmm. the parking lot, into my car, because that was where I had the most privacy, and just pray. You mm -hmm. know, and this is all pre-COVID time, so I, I, this is when I would actually drive to work. You know, <laughs> and uh, so I would go out there and pray. Nowadays, you know, I've, I've, I'm I'm imagining a whole lot of people are. <laughs> 
reach their hga because they have so much time at home and it's like hey oh this yeah is what you, this is what you can do folks you have all this time at home a lot of privacy assuming you can, you know you know most there's that you can make privacy for yourself more easily so anyway mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i did that for a while and finally i said ah what what am i going to do here so i noticed that crowley in his vision in the voice of uh when he's crying to aether of deo he said ah mm -hmm. this uh thing here this aether is where you meet your holy guardian angel. I said, yeah, yeah, that's, I got to do that too. So eventually what happened was, all of this is to say that the typical Abramelin, mm -hmm. according to the Dane translation, the recent one. Uh, it's it's 18 months, right? It's 18, 18 months, months, right. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the way it wound up working out is that it wound up being 18 months between the Samak, then mm -hmm. switching over to Abramelin, doing mm -hmm. that for a long time, and then towards the end also adding in scrying to aether of deo now it wasn't a complete scrying trust me mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it was enough to sort of like get me to the state but at the end yeah i did the whole i, I bought a burlap sack online mm -hmm. and i was out you know luckily you know we're fortunate enough that we we have a patio that i could do this and i, I would wear the burlap sack and let, it's 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 all part of this this a sanctification mm -hmm. humiliation not humiliation that's the wrong word uh uh, but you know humbling of oneself right right i knew um, that's the word you're looking for <laughs> yeah that's, thank you yeah. thank you uh, -huh. <laughs> uh you know humbling of yourself sanctification purification but also there's like this big sensory part so i made my mm -hmm. own abramelin oil but i would just i just kept doing that and finally it, you know it's like I, it's kind of stereotypical but it's like achievement unlocked you know and then it mm -hmm. i knew i knew for sure that, that i had reached it then and it took about 18 mm -hmm. months okay, so yeah, so uh, I highly recommend it. You know, tell all your friends. You know, it's 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 totally easy. Everybody can mm -hmm. do it. It's it's just like turning turning on a switch. I'm being very mm. facetious now, um, but it's, <laughs> it's 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 very worthwhile though. I, sure, I will say sure. that much. It takes dedication though. It obviously. does. Yeah. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, it's it, it, it's that's that's sort of what you come to realize after a while. You know, you can start mm -hmm. off in magic doing a couple spells. You know, sigils are the easiest entry point into magic, and you're like, "Oh, mm -hmm. this this worked, and what's going on here?" But and then you do the or you you do the LBRP, and you suddenly mm -hmm. realize you have clear audience that you didn't know you had before. <laughs> and um, but what you come to realize is like, okay, that it, that's cute and all that you're doing this stuff, but there's a reason why Crowley says, okay, you know, that this is everything up until the knowledge and conversation is really kind of like is uh, it's is it isn't isn't exactly what you're you're supposed to be doing you know it's it's suboptimal i think he, he doesn't use that phrase i forget his exact phrase but it's something along sure. those lines it's it's not not sufficient so it's good right, i think so, i think a lot of modern day practitioners i come in from a different perspective in that i practiced yoga and meditation for so many years and pranayama and mm -hmm. that's sort of you know crowley if you read uh like book four there's so much on you know the initial like practice this asana for a year and whatnot and i think that with all the uh you know with you know people coming into it these days i think most people just want to bypass the essentials like yeah you know uh mindfulness and breathing and asana and those those things are quite essential for things you'll be doing later on i feel like yeah like just maintaining that stillness and um being mindful being single pointed dharana dhyana those sort of things right absolutely and so and it takes dedication and that's the thing sort of like an abermelon sort of thing it really takes a long uh it takes dedication it takes discomfort right yeah and uh i don't know i think a lot of people just want to skip that but 
you know there are no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you find yeah. out later on down the line then you you, you got to go back to square one as you mentioned in uh, previous stories of yours as well <laughs> yeah yeah well no it's it's funny that you mentioned that I, you're mm-hmm. reminding me of this um twilight zone episode and it's it's not a good one i think it's one of the very early ones and the sound is off and janky and all that i'm talking about the rod serling era mm, but okay. uh it, there, there's this old lady and she's talking to these kids and these their their parents are sort of checked out and neglecting them and they're because they're going through a divorce so the kids go into the secret portal and there, there's no reason to know the plot of it except that the kids encounter this old lady and the old lady sort of says with a wry grin she says I'm, i'll teach you about the joys of labor you know and that's the thing <laughs> is like is is that there is a lot to be said for okay i'm gonna put in the work and then I will get it, it's it's like the universe in a lot of ways, you know, sometimes you get lucky, you know, but for the most part, what you get out is what you put in. And exactly that's the, that that's the sort of thing. Like if you want to learn how to control your mind so you don't get mad at everything, meditate and meditate a long time. If you mm-hmm. want to and, and also go to therapy and go to therapy for a long time and mm-hmm. do the work. And that will get you to a place where you're not mad at, at, at as much as often for as long. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. And then, you know, getting to the point where if you if you want to have, you know, there there are so many benefits to get to the HGA that it's hard to get into. But one of them is, you know, if you want to interact with spirits in a, in a way that is not going to harm you, you this intercessor uh this divine interceder for you will be invaluable because it is on your side all of the time and it is Mm. always going to be helping you out and it will be telling you don't do this do this and be teaching you a lot of stuff along the way so why are you why are you going about it in this half-assed way it's like it's like you know why would you go into a a dangerous neighborhood without without your bodyguard you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like what you think mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna get by on your wits. I mean, maybe, you know. Sure, maybe. sure. So at any rate, and I, yeah, and I think uh, you know, on a deeper level, most people who are trying to bypass things, they it's like your intuition is telling you that this is not right, or you know, you you get some sort of warnings or some intuitive gut feeling or instinct, and I think a lot of it is being more in tune with your feeling or intuition and being more mindful of that you know, later on yeah. down the line, it's like sort of becoming more in line with your intuitiveness rather than trying to mentally weasel your way through things. Right. Yeah. So, it's, it, yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of like, like I would say with the HGA, it's, you're not, you're taking, you're, it, it's trying to do things with that. I mean, it's, I don't want to get people wrong. It's like, don't start off with that, you know, start off mm-hmm. with, with sigils, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, this, you know, okay, it's high level magic mm-hmm. folks, but what I would say is like, you know, if you're going to start in, go ahead, just start with your sigils, start with the, your LDRP, but don't let that just sort of become a pattern. I mean, for me, it was a pattern for way too long, uh, but it, it wasn't until, you know, life circumstances catalyzed my desire to change that. But yeah, certainly, you know, intuition is something that, well, how do I make my intuition work for me? How do I get that? white tincture to work for me oh well i need to actually you know learn to discipline the mind and stuff like that how do i know what i you know what what my heart is guiding me towards 
that is when you're in Tiferet. It's like, okay, you really need to like steep yourself in this. And the first entryway into that realm is, I mean, you're, we're all, I've got, I'm going to, you know, be a little heterodox here and say, look, we're all initiated into all the Aether, into all the uh, Sephiroth right now. We all mm -hmm. are, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm in the mundane world, but if I might let my thoughts go, I can start going, traveling the astral. If I start thinking about what my, what I really want to do, I'm trying to enter Tiferet and stuff like that. And I do have some understanding and some level of wisdom. We, we all have like minor aspects of this, but it's mm -hmm. getting at a very, it's unlocking some, uh, uh, it's sort of like, you know, having a pebble of something versus having a mountain of something. There is a sure. qualitative difference when you, when you unlock that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's okay, but it's, it's worth the effort to get, to go from the pebble sized version to the mountain sized version. Right, right. There's a difference between being able to switch things at will versus just randomly experience right. it's like random right. experiences of intuition versus i'm able to tap into it right now you exactly. know sw switching planes so to speak right mm -hmm. so um okay cool and then uh to, that was a nice detour but uh to get back to your to your <laughs> sure. current uh work on uh, Logan, yeah. right uh -huh. yeah so so at any rate so that was uh it was valuable though because right because mm -hmm. that that made me way more prepared for the aethers Mm -hmm. um because the thing is is uh and it depends on what model you use you know but you can say well you know the first aethers uh you could say well there's a good good amount of yetzira in there of, of, of some of these uh you know these lower sephirot and then getting into tiferet that's one of the higher ones and so it's about sort of so you're it's like you've already traveled up you know, halfway up the mountain, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, who knows how high the mountain is, but I'm just saying like, you, you've already made a big, proven yourself able to make a big trek and you already have some level of awareness of what is going on, you know, at some of these, let's say mid-level aethers. So it's not as big of a shock to you. And you have, you already have a lot of, well, knowledge that obtained for your, from your conversation with your HGA. So at any rate, so I continued, I decided, okay, I'm going to get serious about this. I went ahead and made my first um, SDA. Mm -hmm. Clearly, there's a little bit of uh, OCD where you just kind of want to keep doing it. And I'll, <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give your listeners a little clue. Here, here's the real reason you want to do Enochian. Because when you start making the furniture, you start getting a high from making the furniture. <laughs> I right. am not kidding about this. I am not kidding right. about this at all. This right. will, you, you, if you want to get high completely legally start making enochian furniture it's very mm. cheap to make an sda it's very mm. uh it's uh i think i think it's about 21 dollars worth of beeswax mm. and the rest of the stuff you could borrow from somebody pins mm. a straight edge and uh, a nine inch pie tin and that's mm. a, you know that's that's uh vertical on the on, on the ring so mm. uh it's very cheap to do that uh, mm -hmm. it, it feels strangely good. It's, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, it's, um, it's very meditative. Unlike... It's very meditative. Too. It's, it's meditative, but you get a buzz on. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm totally serious about that. Mm -hmm. So at any rate, so I started making the furniture and, uh, I, I have most everything. The only thing I don't have is the banners and I just use the Supreme ritual of the pentagram because those have the God names in there anyway. I, I should probably make the banners and I should probably get the red silk carpet, but eh, mm -hmm. I went ahead. 
there's there's so much material that you can make i went ahead and actually made uh at first i just made the four inch discs which go underneath the legs of the table mm-hmm. and then i said you know what i'm actually gonna try it, it, i just made like the geometric background and then i just decided you know i gotta actually try to write those letters and numbers in there and mm-hmm. there is like that ec- extra little benefit that you get from that mm-hmm. but at any rate i'm go i'm getting far afield here so i start doing the uh aethers in 2019 and i wind up it, it would i think it was january and i just go all the way i get through all of them by the i want to say the end of may so it was and that's that's a pretty quick pace that's mm-hmm. that's i think i was doing like about two maybe two or three a week so okay. that was that's 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 fast uh right. but i had i was lucky that i had already you know done some of this stuff i was sort of like ready and i sort of i also had you know that that spiritual momentum that you have mm-hmm. so i was i was i was enthusiastic i was uh enjoying enjoying the process and i knew it was necessary because mm-hmm. i didn't want to stagnate so i started doing that and yeah so after i, I got all the way up to lil and i i did lil and um the it was it was extraordinary it really was it really was the unfolding of the soul i'll never forget uh, you mentioned the bardos earlier i'll never mm-hmm. forget the what i said after or maybe during the scrying of the aether of lil i said this is the end of death mm. and it was really it was sort of like you know it's it's like you realize okay uh, it, it, it was a conclusion i came to i don't know that other people will necessarily but the conclusion i came to is that this is you you basically right now what life is is that you are an unfolding pattern of consciousness mm-hmm. and what the aethers do is they help sort of unfold that even more and more fully so you get a better sense of what of how you are enfolded into reality this is kind of mm-hmm. complicated but if you could imagine like if I, if I were to hold up let's say a pencil right mm-hmm. that pencil it's you know you could say oh well that's just a, that's just a pencil it doesn't have any awareness but it kind of does right in the sense that i'm not going to say it's alive mm-hmm. but i will say it's conscious in the sense that it it follows rules mm-hmm. it knows which end is up it doesn't suddenly turn into a pretzel it <laughs> you know if you do certain things to it, it you can cre- create writing out of it that mm-hmm. sort of thing uh it has quality uh qualia if you're going to get all philosophical about it it has qualities that are uh similar to other pencils and it basically has a whole set rule set around it but we don't usually think of it like that mm-hmm. well it turns out that if you were to sort of take all of re all of the all of the inanimate objects let's say mm-hmm. you could sort of say that's this big old plane p-l-a-n-e of uh consciousness that you know you could say okay well that's kind of you know you could sort of mentally say okay let's put everything on that level and you could put animals as sort of like this little simple like origami shape let's mm-hmm. say so that plane of consciousness let's pretend it's like paper and then animals might have like just kind of this simple origami shape that's folded up from that paper because it has more consciousness, right? Right. It's got all these little ways of like, and then you could say humans, it's like 
you know, much more complicated, many more folds, you know, stuff like that. So what the process of the Aethers is like, it's like you are unfolding that origami shape, that big complicated origami, you know, uh, paper of consciousness, you know, you're mm. unfolding that. And you're seeing what you're saying, oh, this is part of a big, big plane, a big paper, you know, using that metaphor. I'm part of something really big here. I thought I was this human. I thought it was this big shape that was folded into whatever shape you want. Instead, oh, I'm actually part of this big, vast sea of consciousness like that. And that's mm -hmm. what it's like going through the Aethers. It's like you, you, you understand that. That is the kind of understanding that you get initiated into. Right. I don't have any. I, it's like the, that's the best metaphor I've been able to come up with. And of course, when I mentioned like, that to Jason, and he's like, "Oh well, you know, you start talking about that, you might, you're really doing okay." <laughs> no, I think I think that's a great metaphor. Actually, it's like bending back. It's uh, you give like an origami metaphor that's pretty good. It's sort of like you're bending back the paper into, yeah. and you're you're able to see so much more. You're opening so much more to yeah. what you, you see, are, what reality is, and yeah. Um, and now now here's why it's here's why it's tough for people. Here's why people don't want to do it. Almost like I am, um, I am this term? shape. I am this, right. this this shape that I've been folded into. Why are you trying to change that? Well, I want right. you to see this thing here because you don't mm -hmm. see that this part that's folded over your eyes is actually mm -hmm. blocking your vision of the entire plane. I don't, I don't have yeah. anything. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Blah, 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 blah. And so that's why right. that's why it's kind of scary because that that sure. really is kind of the thing. Is like okay, I'm going to show you what you really are. You know, and that's, right. that's the same reason why people get scared of of psychedelics i mean I, it, exactly. it just hasn't come my way you know sure so but, yeah exactly uh, i think about it like like a cocoon you know like a caterpillar in a cocoon and it's like slowly you you uh, you're you're piercing through the cocoon and then realizing you're a butterfly you know and yeah. there's the the real world is actually not to say within the cocoon isn't real either obviously that has validity too but you're you're able to see and experience so much more of what reality really is right yeah. on different levels and different levels yeah. rather than just in the cocoon that you thought was all that existed right exactly so, uh, or i i thought yeah. i was just supposed to be a caterpillar why are you telling me i'm this butterfly thing well right it's what right. you are <laughs> right exactly exactly so you uh so after that then you started working on uh Jebelfell, right yeah so well i'm yeah. i'm in the preliminary stages so mm -hmm. uh I, I i went through a big old hacking phase and so mm -hmm. most of those posts are on my blog so there's additional stuff there but yeah i, I said you know okay I, so the, i'm bringing up that phase to say that uh there's the you know, there's the call to the aethers which is how we access these higher states and what you do is you the the opening line is oh you heavens which dwell in and then you insert the name of the aether so all you mm -hmm. oh you heavens which dwell in the aether of tex for mm -hmm. example uh, so, but the thing is, uh, I, I like, uh, fill in the blanks because that means, uh, I can, <laughs> I can, you know, if you're a teacher, you can always argue with the teacher to say, well, I put in, I put in an answer that is valid. And the teacher says, well, <laughs> okay. So then you realize, well, wait a minute, this is a fill in the blank question, right? Mm. So it turns out that Enochian has different words that strangely enough, line up very well with the names of Kabbalistic Sephiroth. So mm -hmm. one of those is uh, the word for the secret wisdom, and wisdom, of course, is the name of a sephiroth, as well as there's a word for crowns, mm -hmm. and that's also the name for a sephiroth in, in Hebrew, so keter and chokmah. Mm -hmm. 
So what I did is I started, I did a couple of, uh, I did calls to that and I was given instruction by the angels about how to start getting uh, initiated into those spheres. Mm -hmm. So all of this is to say that, you know, like I say, we're all initiated to some degree in these things, but I'm, I'm, I would advise your listeners to always never pass up the opportunity to deepen your initiation. <laughs> <laughs> so sure, I sure. so when I saw that there was this thing called Jebofall that I'd sort of overlooked, but Aaron Leitch talks about it in the seven day Nokian masterclass. You can mm -hmm. find that out because he did that cooperatively with Scott Stenwick and Jason Newcomb. So you can find that on Scott Stenwick's blog. And he also had may or may not have a code on there. And I say that because <laughs> I don't know if he still has that on there, but it's you get it like half cheap. off, half off. Or something uh, it may like or that. may not be yeah. half off, thereby making uh, it extraordinarily cheap. But it's right. it, these these guys are fantastic, and they each sort of approach mm -hmm. Enochian from a different angle, mm -hmm. including the the neo Enochian. But uh, at any rate, the the Jebafall ritual. Let's let's back up to how this actually started. So when. D and Kelly were scrying. The first thing they received was this Enochian heptarchy, which mm -hmm. is a, a parallel to the English heptarchy. Basically, you have seven kings and their and their princes, and they're also ministers. We won't get into that, but the idea is that it's sure. very seven based. So that's the first thing they get. Then it's, it's they... sort of would you say it's sort of Enochian planetary magic in a sense? That's what. Because because yeah. they're they're sort of correspond to the days of the week and yeah um, there there yeah. there is it is and it isn't what it what's interesting about it is and I I wound up sort of discovering the scheme that it's mm -hmm. it's a very exaltation based scheme if you if you're into astrology and I have a post on that on my blog but the idea is that um, the the assignment of the ensigns match the exalted planet locations of mm -hmm. uh, each of the of, uh, uh, across, along the zodiac except that if it is a day chart ruled planet then you have to flip it along the axis from aries to libra so you have to sort mm -hmm. of do this mental flip and you can see it better on that post but okay so yeah it's it's planetary but it's also sephirotic because the, the kings are sephirotic the, the princes are planetary so okay. Uh, it, you know the planet ruling that that that's so uh, or that's so so that's the first part and then there are uh, two I would argue two more parts after that the watchtowers and the aethers but those are really kind of the same thing kind of mm -hmm. not really um, they're they're intricately related to each other so the angels themselves said heptarchy Libra Loga and then watchtowers slash aethers or the calls you could you could sort of put all those under the same thing but there's a huge system underneath that that's too much to get into mm -hmm. but loga is the second part mm -hmm. so the heptarchy once again seven based libra loga is a set of 98 sheets or as they call them leaves of paper mm -hmm. uh that are double-sided that have something on the front and something on the back for 48 of those 48 of those are 49 by 49 uh, tables on each side of those leaves. Okay. And the last one is a, is the odd one out. It has uh, five three by seven uh, tables, three on the front, two on the back. So this it's all 
okay, well, what are you talking about tables? Well, I mean tables, I mean grids. And within each of those grids, for most of those, uh, you're going to, you have to fill in letters mm -hmm. and an individual letter. So Dee and Kelly are like, well, okay, this is a pain in the butt, but okay. So they start writing in all the letters in each of the cells. And if you do, if you do the math on that, 49 times 49 is 2,401 letters. So mm. it's all written in this angelic Enochian language. <laughs> what is this? Well, who knows, but Dee and Kelly, or Kelly, you know, he's the, this poor scryer. He has to like, either call out or eventually I think he starts writing down each of these letters. That, that's a that's a big task, just writing it in English. Right. And then, then the angels say, okay, great. Now we need you to transliterate this whole thing into Enochian letters. And by the way, don't forget, Enochian is read from right, right to left, not left to right. So go ahead and get on that. And Dee and Kelly are like, uh, well, can you do that for us? <laughs> and what happens is the angel of wisdom, Galva, she mm -hmm. comes along and says, yes, I'll do this, blah, blah, blah. But really, that was the metaphorical wisdom, i.e. if Dee and Kelly got wise, they should go ahead and do it themselves, which is mm -hmm. what eventually they get told by <laughs> their angel. So it's a whole <laughs> thing. There's so much work that they had that they had them do. So from from what has been gathered from the the diaries apparently d went ahead and did that although it must have taken him a very long time mm -hmm. uh because eventually they do get the second part of the system so why am i telling you all of this well i think the other part of that system the watch the the calls i'll just put it that way the calls at at, at al uh all of that is a prerequisite was a prerequisite era that had Lieber Loga had this book as a prerequisite. Mm -hmm. So they had to do that in order to get the next thing. But in my view, or my, my, one of the questions I'm trying to answer is, well, is that going to be the same thing for everybody? Like sure. Dee and Kelly, they got this fabulous watchtower system, but what would happen mm -hmm. if I went ahead and did that? Would I get the same sure. thing? Would I get, they, they call this, uh, the, the, the ritual associated with that Jebofal, uh, the, the, the 49 gates of wisdom, which is similar to the 50 gates of wisdom for Bina, which is a whole uh, Jewish tradition. Mm -hmm. um, but, well, is that, is, is his wisdom my wisdom? You know, is, is his vision mm -hmm. my vision? I thought, mm -hmm. well, am I just taking a lot of stuff for granted by not doing this? So I said, well, let's find out. So regardless, I think there's going to be something to that. So for, for your listeners, what I'm doing is I am copying a lot of the source material one, by hand and mm -hmm. making the grids by hand on these 12 inch by 12 inch square pages, mm -hmm. front and back, just doing what D apparently did. I started in August. I'm on leaf 27 <laughs> right now. <laughs> Which is, it's it's so it's going to take about a year basically, it, right? I, believe it or not, I think I'll be able to get it done by March because. Okay. So so, okay, I'm I, I'm going to go into I'm totally into it. We won't go too long on this, but because okay. I know your time is limited. But, um, so the, pardon me, I got a little alarm reminding me, <laughs> uh, something that I'll get to later. Uh, so yeah, so the, the issue is, is that the, the um, angels are telling you you're lagging on your uh, your logo. <laughs> yeah, the, the angels are telling me I'm, la I'm lagging Lag on, on my logo and on my cat cat pill schedule. But that's okay. she'll she'll be all right. No. So what what the issue is is that um, 
well there, there are a couple little quirks here so the first thing is is that once you get to get done with leaf 28 mm -hmm. not every page is completely filled out so mm -hmm. uh for, is not every table is completely filled out it's every other letter so leaf mm -hmm. 29 through 48 those have every other letter for the most part there are mm -hmm. some like exceptions here where there's like maybe a seven by seven chunk within that but for the most part it's like oh I don't need to do 1200 letters or 2400 letters. I only need to do 1200. Hmm. So that's cool. But I also kind of want to redo the first leaf, which is not 49 by 49 letters, you know, letters within each of those. It's 49, 2,401 words within oh, wow. each of those squares within, wow. within, within, the, within the grid. So I'm like, that sounds intense. <laughs> yeah. But well, the, what D did is he said, well, let me just, can I just write this out? You know, once again, just beg. Can I not do this the way you're telling me? Because this is much easier mm -hmm. on me. And they, mm -hmm. the angel said okay, but the, he just wrote out the number. But what I did is, and I, as part of the secret Santa, uh, I got uh, what I wanted, which was a four foot tall uh, paper roll mm -hmm. that I'm mm -hmm. going to hopefully, if I have time, uh, be able to redo leaf one. On both sides and just go mm -hmm. for it and make make it fit somehow wow <laughs> very, we'll very intense process yeah, it yeah. Sure well is. i think it, it, sure it comes is. down to uh like you were saying like deepening the initiation or even yeah. um seeing it's sort of how how much further how much deeper can you go right and yeah. sort of tracing back uh in the steps of d and what he did um yeah. in that sense and you also went through i'm assuming you also did the um worked with the heptarchia too as well yeah i've done or, i've done some of that mm-hmm Okay, okay. Working with, uh, did you work with Scott Stinswick's book? Uh, what's the name of that? I, I worked with Ma his, yeah, Mastering uh -huh. the Mystical Heptarchy. I worked with yeah. his, and I've seen Aaron's as well. I, I have this stuff. It's just, okay, well. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've worked with it. I, I found it. I, I mean, like I say, Stenwick is, 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 is great. So mm -hmm. I worked with those. And what I found is, uh, uh, even though I did some, some of the material stuff for myself, I didn't really get as much but what i did it for other people they got they got the boons as it were <laughs> so they did you know this one uh, person who i did it for he he was asking for like golden jewels it's like okay because there's there's golden precious metals and uh -huh. uh, instead of that he got the next best thing which was this like few several thousand dollar table or something that he picked up oh, at a nice. garage sale for like <laughs> and i'm like that's great you know, could, could <laughs> yeah. I please that? But you know, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It hey, if it if it yeah. was if they if it was in the divine plan, it would have happened, and it hasn't. That's okay. right. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, looking forward to uh, hearing after you finish, and uh, you know, I'm sure you write blogs about it in the future. So that'll yeah, be I'm interesting. Yeah, trying to. Yeah. Right, right, right. I have a question about that too. Do, uh, do the uh, leaves correspond to the calls by chance? Because you have the, ah. you know, you have 49 uh, total call, right? You have the 30 acres, and mm -hmm. then you have the initial uh, 18 calls, and then you also have the, what's the, what was it, the hidden one or the one that wasn't revealed? The first call was never actually uh, written down or wasn't revealed, right? So right. Is, is there some correspondence here? Yeah, so that's a great question. So what I have, I I have an ongoing thread on this on Twitter. It's a diamond glyph if you're interested, but it's it's I I only update that sometimes. But what I've noticed is as I'm going through it, I'm thinking, okay, well, what is this sort of mentally match like in in terms of what I know about the aethers, and then what also what does this match as far as 
what I'm seeing. So there's one, for example, where it's it's leaf nine a, which is once the the first half of leaf nine, where the name Bornogo, which mm-hmm. is and apparently we had a little power outage, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So um, the the Prince Bornogo, he his name appears, and hmm. it appears going horizontally and and vertically and in this uh, X pattern. So what he so that's it's like okay well this seems to kind of match what you would think so let me but what i found is that just based on my analysis and thinking it through i think that yeah i think that the first leaf the one with words is what matches the silent call or the unspoken call or the hidden call Hmm. and then i think it just goes straight through like one through um then then leaf two matches with the first spoken call Leaf three matches the second one and so on. And then you get to leaf 20 and that matches, that goes along with the first of the 30 aethers. And then leaf 49 is, is goes down to text. And that's the one that they call the hotchpot of disorder. The angels called it that. So I'm pretty confident that that's the way it is just based on the structure. Um, When you get to leaf, the one that that uh, leaf 29 that has every other one that would be the aether of um i'm pretty sure that's the aether of zax or of eek the one the the abyss one the 10th ten- so, aether right That'd be the 10th the aether right yeah so mm-hmm. that that would that makes sense right because mm-hmm. okay well this is the 10th aether yeah i guess that would make sense yeah so that's the 10th aether that's that's the crossing of the abyss so all of a sudden this information that you used to have it starts dropping out because you got to cross mm. the abyss because this is beyond like we'll show you all this understanding from the from these other ones but now that you get down here well this is some stuff needs to be missing because you're so that's when the interesting that's when the order changes huh that's that's when yeah it's it's sort of it's sort of weird because when you get into the leaf leaves that i'm working on now the this the 27 26 and i think 25 they have the letters going in different directions and hmm. that is a pain because <laughs> so what i've done is i've i've I, I printed it out at first and it was a little too small and so instead what right. i did is i just it opened up paint 3d and i rotated it so i could sort of have an easy way but remember you still got to like mentally say okay this is left right to left so i got to make sure that everything i'm doing lines up on this right side instead of and it's just like Ugh. but yeah. you know that like i say it takes concentration it takes a right. lot of concentration to get this right. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. Definitely. Um, okay, cool. So uh, for people who, you know, after listening to this, I'm sure this will screen out a lot of people once they hear how much <laughs> yeah. how By much the work. time you get to hear. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to say, though, I think this is quite important, is that, like, you've been doing this quite a long time. And so everything that you're doing is another step to, as you mentioned, to deepen your initiation or to take it one step further to go deeper almost like go back in the steps of D and also see how that sort of impacts your experience, your consciousness. So I think it is important. I mean, in my view, pick up something like, you know, this is my advice personally. If you're just getting into this, pick up something like maybe Enochian Vision Magic by Lon Milo Duquette. And I wouldn't hesitate to actually start out with the work because later on down the line, if there's more work you need to do or if you want to take it deeper, just as you went on your journey, you find you mm-hmm. find ways that you know the universe will reveal what you need and to keep going. But if you don't actually take the first step, and you just yeah. you know 
hang out listening to a thousand podcasts and reading a hundred books and never actually doing anything, you know, I mean, you have to work with what you have basically is what I'm saying. And, um, you know, start out with the basics, start out with some fundamental stuff. Um, I think Lon's book is really good because it's very well organized and it gives you like, it works right out of the box as he says, right? Like it's very, sure. um, it's, it's very simplified. And then from there, you know, I'm sure that if you continue, you're going to, um, sort of develop your own practice and come up on your own uh, insights and research and whatnot, right? So um, uh, that being said, what would you, what sort of resources uh, other than your own blog, you can plug that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, my blog is uh, enochian.today and right, people have already right, right. heard me plug, plug everything left and right. But yeah, right, it's enochian.today right, right. and mm -hmm. uh, I did have one note here because I wanted to be sure to... Okay. Uh, say that but yeah what I, I completely agree about Duquette's book that's that's the starting point if you ask me it's it it's an entryway mm -hmm. uh, you can look I mean you can you can try to eat uh, you can try you can try to eat all of the sandwiches in McDonald's or you can try to just eat like a little bit of something and not McDonald's that's terrible because this is way better than McDonald's but, <laughs> but I would say, <laughs> McDonald's, you better pay me not to talk smack about you. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, so, yeah, I would say definitely Enochian vision magic. And really just uh, even even before that, if you find somebody who does um, uh, Aethers virtually or can do like – because uh, right now with COVID, it's tough to meet. But I've done yeah. online scrying sessions uh, for folks, uh, and I have my furniture, so I'm just sort of presuming that – that's acting as enough of an insulation against the effects on my end and of course there's whoever's doing it virtually with me they're gonna you know be be in on the energy from from wherever i'm transmitting from so to speak from wherever i'm i'm casting from so and i found that kind of works i've never i haven't had the courage to go beyond the, the lower three aethers but i would really recommend doing that just to see what it's like to say, mm -hmm. okay, I mean, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to be slightly higher than the earthly plane for a little while, and you know what? You you go to you go to sleep and you're like that anyway, but this time you get to be, actually be awake while you do it. So you get that first mm -hmm. altered state of consciousness. It's easy. Somebody else has to speak this strange Enochian language that you're unfamiliar with. Right. Do it that way, and just see what it's like. And then if you're if you actually want to continue or and if you think it's something that speaks to your heart, yeah, I would definitely say I, I absolutely agree. You know, vision magic is the, the the easiest way to start this. And then, you, you know, if, if you find yourself excited, then what I would say is, OK, you know, start um, start making the furniture. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the SDA, believe it or not, is the simplest one to make or the cheapest, at least. Um, and if you're looking for paper versions, you can actually contact me through my blog, Enochian.today, and I have an Excel version of everything, which I'll probably need to update as soon as I get my first request because I want to offer the original materials. And mm -hmm. uh, like I say, the holy table is uh, the Kausaban version and not the original, but the de purest version. So I want to have that available as well. But okay. and 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 just just go to town. Start with ta start scrying the aethers. That that's my number one recommendation. Yeah, mm -hmm. you want your stuff, and that's fine. But what I would say is, 
you you need to find out who you are to have things <laughs> sure, early sure. on so so i i think i think the gold is in the aethers if you ask mm -hmm. me so i would say start with text slowly start actually building the the materials starting with the cheapest stuff then the then the ensigns are also very cheap they're just tin you buy mm -hmm. a little like you know 20 dollar etcher with a diamond tip that's how i did it anyway and you can actually make those ensigns directly out of tin it, it it's it only needs to be as expensive as you as as you're as you're making it and if sure. you just if you just want to do the paper substitutes that's it's it, because you can't afford it that's okay sure you can always upgrade later that's the uh, yes you know yes. you can start with some paper stuff or start with some basic things around the house that you have now and yep. uh gradually upgrade over time right yeah that's, exactly yeah. i mean that's mm -hmm. you know it's it's like you know you don't you don't learn well at any rate you know you, you don't do any any you don't have all the stuff when you're young you're starting out that's okay the angels mm -hmm. know that you're trying with what you have exactly exactly mm -hmm. um okay before we go uh there's one last question i forgot to ask you actually was okay um what potential pitfalls or what would you advise like any warnings or words of wisdom on what to avoid or pitfalls along yeah. the path of uh, starting a practice like this. No, that's great. Uh, so the first uh, pitfall is if you get an SDA from online, mm -hmm. make sure that that Y15 that y, that y cell is Y15 mm -hmm. and not Y14. And you'll know what I mean. Mm -hmm. If you look in the outer ring, there's one with a letter that has the letter Y above and then the letter 15 below. If it says Y above and then 14 below, you're in trouble. But so a lot of in that's, incorrect SDAs out there. That's the incorrect <laughs> SDA. There, there are, there are. And yeah. it's like... And the a lot, a lot of fakers. <laughs> yeah, well, the only reason I bring that up is that actually was part of Dee's diary, but uh, I forget which angel it was. I want to say Michael. He says the the way you have it is wrong, and the way you're doing it leads it leads to death. But it's just the cabalistic, mm. you know, uh, correspondence. But mm -hmm. so don't you're not actually going to die. It's just that the SDA itself is going to be dead and not work as well as it, as it should. Whereas if you mm. do it the right way. It adds up to 441, which corresponds to truth. Okay, so that's the first, that's the the only word concern I have about the furniture, and it's not as bad as I'm making it sound. Okay, mm -hmm. so the other two pitfalls are two. First, like I've said before, don't make an excuse to not try, uh, to to not try or to just keep going. Just mm -hmm. the tools are there. Once you have them, don't freeze. Use mm -hmm. them. You know, it's like you you don't. Um, why why do you have all these tools for the car you're not driving you know or or the the you know the, these these hubcaps for the car you're not driving you know that you're leaving in the driveway exactly um, mm -hmm. so or the why do you have carving tools if you're never actually putting you know creating taking some wood and actually carving something out of it so that's the right. first big thing the second thing is when it comes to approaching the abyss Mm -hmm. or the what it has been associated with the abyss Zach's. i'm not gonna yeah I'm, I'm trying i'm trying so hard not to claim like i'm this ma this master authority on this which i'm not mm -hmm. but what i'd say is when it comes to what has been commonly associated with the abyss zacks the issue that i found is that for the most part just go like once once or twice a week when it comes to scrying an aether but there's there's the the triad of which Zax is in the is in the middle. So there's Eek, I C H or I K H depending on the way the letter V is transliterated. There's Eek, then there's Zax, then there's Zip. Mm -hmm. And my recommendation is to number one just isolate yourself when you're doing those three, and to do all three in the same day. Mm -hmm. So okay. if you can have the whole day to yourself, 
scry the Aether of Eek in the morning. Mm -hmm. Take some time to actually meditate and reflect on that. Scry the Aether of Zax right afterwards. And if, if you're like me, the angels will give you instructions during Zax. Mm. Uh, th those governors will. And then scry the Aether of Zip in the evening. Now, the reason I say that is that when I scryed the Aether of Zax, I did all the banishing, you know, the, the supreme banishing ritual of the pentagram. I, fo I followed instructions to isolate myself. I still had nightmares that night. I had mm. nightmares three times and my wife had nightmares once. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's pretty not, intense. Yeah, yeah it's, it's intense, right? And why, why is it? I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, <laughs> this is how you avoid nightmares. <laughs> right, right, so, right, right. So just get it all done. Get it all mm -hmm. done. And by the way, it will be worth it. Zip is where you meet Babylon. But mm. when you're doing so, do all those in the same day and concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. All that meditation that that you've been building up towards, this is where you do it. This is where you mm -hmm. keep that mental focus. And it's not like the worst thing in the world. It's like a minute mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. where there's this all this temptation to just let your mind disperse and disperse all these thoughts. Just ignore all that. Or disperse, mm -hmm. your, disperse your concentration with, with random thoughts. Just ignore all that. Just concentrate through. And mm -hmm. then you will come out, out on, the, on the other side. Zax is where it's worst. There's a little bit at the beginning of Zip, but then it goes away and you meet Babylon. And okay. That is an awesome experience. Okay, cool. And by the way, she will yeah. she will look better the more you concentrate. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing your uh, insights. And, you know, that I, it's great to hear your experiences because uh, a lot of people don't really share their own personal insights or experiences in the Aethers. There is, you know, some published material out there, a sure. few books and maybe uh, some blogs here or there. But uh, it is good hearing your experience. The only real major one most people know about is like the vision and the voice, which is great. But um it's good hearing some modern, you know, pri oh, there you go. The lights are back. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with not... my lights on this side. Uh, maybe I revealed the secrets and then they decided, no, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> no, once you, yeah, once, no, once you start talking about the abyss, like everything went dark, uh, interestingly. <laughs> yeah, I, I start talking about the abyssal or the, I, the, zip, the zip leaves of Loga and then all of a sudden, yeah. Then you get a call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got some oh, synchronicities. Well. And, I, and I'm here in my room. I have my table right here, and it still wasn't right. enough, you know, and, it's, and my SDA and all that. It's just like, right. Angel's going to play, play pranks, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, anyways, yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing, and maybe later on we'll do a uh, round two down the line. I'm sure. considering sometime doing a video. Maybe we could do some... Um, uh, you could show some visual representations and whatnot, but uh, for now, trying to keep it simple, only sure, audio and yeah. But uh, thanks for joining the podcast, and until next time. <laughs>